Welcome to the Business of Cleaning. We're the podcast that brings cleaning expertise straight from the minds of professionals. For the month of December, we're going to focus on something extremely important in this industry, and that's employee retention and engagement. So keep listening, because you're going to want to hear this. Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of Cleaning. We are now on our first mini season for the month of December at the end of 2020, probably the most chaotic year that I've ever experienced. Thank you for tuning in for our entire first season and I hope you enjoy what we have coming. That being said, I wanted to broach a topic that has been quite difficult always in the industry, but especially this year, and that's employee retention and engagement. It's a hard enough task when you don't have to deal with mass layoffs, a dropping economy, budget cutbacks, and things like that. So I just wanted to delve into that for these five episodes. And our first one in particular is going to focus on the communication aspect that is vital for employee retention and engagement. So I'm going to break down some of the tips and tricks that could help you raise retention and engagement and keep those turnover numbers super lower, as low as we can get them. And so the first part we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the engagement factor. So if an employee isn't engaged, you're not going to retain them. That's why I'm going to address that first. And with that being said, one of the big things that we talk about when it comes to engagement is asking for feedback and ideas from employees. And that is great. I want to continue to encourage companies who are already doing that to continue doing it And if you're not doing it, you need to. It is vital that you don't just expect your top tier leaders to be the only ones providing feedback and engagement and ideas for your company because if you are, you're not utilizing the majority of your potential. With that being said, it's important that you don't just take in all those ideas and toss them aside or use them and leave your employee hanging. The one thing that people like is when they have an idea or they provide a piece of feedback to see results, to hear confirmation, affirmation about what they've provided in value. And yes, feedback, even if it's negative criticism about a current process, has value to you. And so what you should do is make sure that you close that loop, you close that circle. When an employee is asked to provide feedback, input, or ideas, or you ask them to do that, and they offer it, whether that's in a survey, that's in a one-on-one conversation, that's on a round table, a post-it note board. There's so many ideas that you can do to get this information. You wanna make sure that you bring it back to the employee and that you tell them, hey, we heard you, we think that's a great idea, or we think that we need to talk about that more. And if you like an idea or something's implementable, then you need to go back and, as far as planning, bring back in those employees. If it affects a frontline worker or affects a certain level of management, make sure that the one that's being impacted is part of the decision-making and idea process throughout the entire thing and not just in the beginning and not just in the feedback stage. A great idea I heard from a good friend of mine is to put up a board. And when you do mass inputs for feedback and input, Put up some of the big highlight ones on the board, or all of them if you can manage it, and then on the other side of the board, put your action 
items. So what happened? You've received feedback or you've received ideas. What did you do about that? And then it's on display for everyone to see. That could be anonymous. It could highlight the employees that brought it forward. You have several bringing that forward. Might be better to just stay anonymous. But the point is, close the circle. Make sure that you are acting or at least discussing the ideas that come forward and that if you can't act or you do act, make sure you explain that process, that decision-making, and what's going on to the employee. If they're part of that process, they're not going to be grudgeful of, oh my gosh, my, <laughs> my idea wasn't implemented. They don't care about us, which is a thought. I literally, when creating a feedback survey, had a boss tell me, don't ask an open-ended question for ideas. Like, don't ask what they want, because if we can't do it, they'll be mad. It seems ridiculous not to ask employees what they want just because you don't think you'll implement it, even before you've asked. And if you can't implement it or it's not realistic, you have to be able to communicate that. And if you can't communicate that, you probably want to evaluate your decision and see why you actually came to the decision you made. So that's a big thing. The other thing is make sure you have buy-in from leaders. So anytime you're doing leadership um, changes or you're even doing decisions, decisions that impact everyday operations, make sure your leadership buys in. There's nothing more toxic with your communication line than a leader who kind of uh, poops on it a bit, who goes to their team and says, well, I don't really like this, but we have to do it, or doesn't open that communication for you and help that communication along. So make sure you have buy-in from leaders. Leaders have to be trained and understand how to openly communicate and incite engagement within your team members. They are the link between you and that team member. It's like having bad Wi-Fi. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's really great, you're super happy. So that's a big thing. You want to make sure you empower your employees through engagement and open communication. Anytime that's cut short, you're going to see dissatisfaction and overall lower job performance. So communication is key. And that comes back around to retention. So always consider, does the employee feel empowered and engaged enough to say? If they don't, they might just be staying for the money and that's not going to keep them long. Some people prefer not to be paid over being in a toxic work, work environment. And sometimes lack of communication is enough to be completely toxic to your employer-employee relation. The other thing is, how do you provide feedback and receive feedback? during retention-based meetings. So these are your check-ins. For example, a 30, 60, 90-day check-in is really well known, but maybe not always carried out the best way. And what I mean by that is feedback for the employee is, of course, great. Discussing their performance, their ability to communicate on their side, and doing all that stuff is very important. But if you're not inviting that back, saying, how did we do? What can we do better? What are we doing great? Then it's not really a conversation. And a 30, 60, 90 day check-in should be a conversation and not just word vomit from you to your employee. Coming with that, consider a different format for your 30, 60, 90 day check-in. Make sure you include career development options. Yes, you may be working with janitors or people who are part-time cleaning staff, but more than likely, you could have a good leader somewhere in that bunch, or you could have employees that if you invest a little time in helping them plan for their futures, they're going to stay with you longer, and their commitment to their job is going to be significantly higher because they have a good relationship with you. That being said, also consider 
every time you do one of these check-ins, giving them a chance to meet more people in the, empo- in the company. And what I mean by this is if you're doing a 30, yes, do that with your nearest supervisor. But maybe for the next one, include the manager above that. It's kind of saying, hey, you've made it to this point. We see you. You're an important part of our team. And then for the 90-day, consider meeting with the CEO or the executive to show that, yes, even somebody so important about in this company cares for that employee, and it'll go a long way in making them feel appreciated. So if you show investment and interest in the employee, that's what you're going to get back. It's one of those, what you give out is what comes in. And I think that's true anytime we communicate with somebody. Um, if you're putting out nastiness, it's the same thing you're going to get back. So make sure you're putting out positivity, growth, empowerment, and that's what they're going to give back. As far as check-ins after, don't, don't just drop the ball. We all think of kind of annual reviews, usually for the legal side, to make sure everybody's doing what they should be, who are we going to promote, that type of thing. But you should do them more frequently. Try to do your check-ins around three to six months and model them after that 30, 60, 90 day. Yes, give them feedback, talk about their performance, their highs and lows, but make sure that you're inviting that feedback, that open communication, generating ideas, and also encouraging their own career development. Their supervisor should know exactly where that employee's head is at any time in their employment. And in fact, if the first time that you know an employee wants to leave is during their exit interview, then you're doing something wrong because that means there's no communication from the employee to their supervisor up to you, and that kind of defeats the point. When it comes to employee retention and engagement, a lot of it is just keeping an open flow. Make sure that when you're asking for ideas and input, you vary your communication models to fit your team. You do what makes sense for them and not just for you. And that means sometimes offering a diverse set of options for input because people on your team are different from one another. They're not one giant blob that you place to do work, so you have to treat them like human beings. And I think as far as communication goes, it's something that we all just appreciate. So making sure that that communication is strong and it is constantly reevaluated so it maintains its best foot forward is what's going to give you strength with employee retention and engagement. And so I thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Business of Cleaning, and we'll see you next week for another episode discussing employee retention and engagement and how you can continue to drive that up, 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 and up. Thank you.